Hey, potential podcast listeners. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com potential. That's betterhelp.com slash potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com potential. Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. And remember, know your potential. This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice. But now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy readings since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text. Just go to trykeen.com potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum. This is the Potential Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of the Potential Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Sokol, I'm joined by my co host and uh, you know, part of my pack and my little, uh, my clan, my summit, uh, Chris Dewar. Uh, how are you doing, Chris? Doing well, my friend. Doing well. Here we are, another episode of the Potential Podcast. Yes, we are. Uh, feeling pretty good. Um, I just got hooked up into 5G the other day. Oh. And by that, I mean I got my first dose of the vaccine. Uh-huh. Um, I looked out pretty well, though. I, d- I didn't really have any major side effects. I had a little, little arm soreness, but not too bad. I've heard really the second one is more of the one that uh, might kick my butt a little bit, but uh, 
feeling good that you know so this is your, this is really your first dose this vaccine first dose. first dose yeah gotcha, gotcha. um just feeling good that the the vaccine rollout has really started to increase in a lot of states they've been mm-hmm. opening up more eligibility so yeah that's just a good sign you know i feel like with the numbers going down and more people getting vaccinated i feel like uh we're in for a better summer than we were last year i've seen a lot more things start to open up uh either in limited capacity or you know even here in california we're hearing that pretty much the entire state could open up by June 15th, uh, 100%, which is kind of intense. So it's um, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good time. You know, movies are back going and, you know, happy to go see movies again. And uh, how, how are things going over in, in your neck of the woods? Uh, doing well. I, we just, uh, I got my first vaccine a while back. So I get my second one next Friday. So a week from today, by the time we're recording this, um, so uh, by the time this airs, it'll be a few days later. I'll be getting my second dose. So that'll be good because it's just a n- nice to have that peace of mind that I've done everything I can to protect myself. And then I'll feel more comfortable traveling more, which will be exciting. Um, but uh, yeah, things are going well. Um been starting my new job where I'm traveling and, and training and doing a, a little bit of a more of a mentoring role, which I do love. So it's been really fun to be back out on the road and live in hotels and such. So, um, but yeah, and the weather's getting nicer and you know what that means? It means I'm going to, uh, round two of Taylor's, you know, crop growing. So I'm going to be doing my gardening again. The gardening's going to be back folks. And we will have full details on that throughout this podcast. Cause I know people love of Taylor Samwise Gamgee. Um, well actually, you know, fun thing you, you said about, you know, being on the road and being in hotels, uh, you know, you and I have already started having inklings of a potential. Notice the word potential. Uh, maybe a Las Vegas trip in the future. And, uh, you know, something I think when we think of Vegas and we think of road trips and hotels is uh, we think of that time back in really the, the 60s where there was a group of, of guys that really were the epitome of the entertainment business. And, you know, still to this day, they have... Uh, really remain icons of both music, film, television, and just class. And you're not talking about the Blue Man Group, right? Oh, no, gosh, no. Okay, no, no. good. I'm no, no, sure. paint, no paint involved that I know of. Uh, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> there might be pipes and tubes, though. Um, we'll check that out. But, uh, of course, I'm referring to the Rat Pack. Yes. Uh, uh... Taylor and I wanted to do an episode on the Rat Pack today, uh, which is exciting. You know, so much to talk about uh, history uh legacy and just so much so we couldn't do it alone no well we could but we wanted to get a little bit more of a better insight for sure oh for sure um so we are joined today by a close friend of mine that i've known for coming up in almost 20 years uh we used to go to high school together and we've known each other for a long time my good friend randy taylor he is a longtime uh, big band and jazz enthusiast. Uh, he loves a lot of different styles of music, but he himself is a professional singer and on-air personality and an actor uh, who has a, a huge knowledge and love of, as we call the, the great American songbook genre. And he himself has performed many of these uh, styles and songs all over the country. So we're excited to have Randy Taylor on today. So let's get to our chat about the Rat Pack. (laughs) 
Well, we were so excited to have with us today, Randy Taylor. How's it going, Randy? It's a pleasure to be here with you, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Randy, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I've, I've heard nothing but good things from Chris. Well, we've been knowing each other, good Lord. Uh, good gosh, 20 now. 20 years yeah. now. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, we, we met back in high school and, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, we got to know each other doing choir and theater and... Uh, I mean, at one point we've been saying we sang the Blues Brothers together. We did Soul Man, yep. and uh, we've always just kind of stayed friends. I mean, we we didn't really continue on with any performing together since high school. But I, of course, went on mostly to do theater and some world traveling. But Randy, it's so great to have you here. You know, you've been doing a lot of great stuff singing, and especially you've always been someone I've known that loves uh, the jazz genre and the big band genre. Those oh, are two things goodness. that I, I think you probably above anyone else I knew as a kid really uh, grew up listening to a lot. And, you know, you have a lot of the uh, albums or records and something I think you're really passionate about. So I knew that you'd be a good guy to have on for this episode today, talking about the Rat Pack. Mm -hmm. Ah, yes. The Rat Pack, man. They, I love those guys. They're, they're fantastic. And it's interesting as you discuss them it started at Humphrey Bogart's house. It was mm. a bunch of A-list entertainers who would get together with Humphrey Bogart and his wife, Lauren Bacall. And it would be people like Nat King Cole, uh, Robert Mitchum, Sinatra, of course, and many, many others who would get together and just chill and, and eat and party and maybe do some other things that maybe we should mention on this podcast. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, I guess the story goes is that Lauren Bacall walks into their house and she sees all the guys partying and she says, you all look like a gosh darn rat pack. Now, of course she didn't say gosh darn, but um, that that's where the name came up, Rat Pack. And it's because Frank and Dean and Sammy, they never referred to themselves as the Rat Pack. They always referred to themselves as the Summit. Or, well, somebody tried to say the Klan, C-L-A-N, but, but Sammy said, we, we can't be uh, called the Klan for, can't <laughs> for, use that. for no, a couple no, no, of reasons, no. yeah. you know. So, yeah, so yeah. They, they referred to themselves as the Summit, but everybody else referred to them as the Rat Pack. Well, and I think was, you know, Sinatra, they assigned themselves the title. Was it like Sinatra was like, I was the pack master. Bacall was the den mother. Yes. I mean, Garland was the vice president. And it, it was just, it, I think there's so much history to that that people don't realize it wasn't just a name that came out of nowhere. There was like, this was something that there was so much history with all these people because they were just such good friends. Yeah, and it's funny they, to have so much fun, but to take it so seriously that they would actually name themselves. <laughs> You know, just um, yeah. it's a it's a great thing. So, the first superheroes of the entertainment <laughs> yeah. and, you yes. know business. Yeah. Really think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, of course, looking at the Rat Pack, looking at the history, I mean, there's been you know a couple of different members that I think maybe for the general audience they don't really know of, but of course the main three that we usually you know think of when it comes to Rat Pack is of course Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. But there were a couple other members of the Rat Pack that I think for most people, especially me, I mean, I might've heard the name before, but I'm not so familiar with them. So who were the other really known members of the Rat Pack, Randy? Well, there was Peter Lawford, who was 
a British actor and also the brother-in-law of John F. Kennedy. And he was the connection of, he was the person who introduced Sinatra, Davis and Martin to JFK. And it's interesting because during Kennedy's campaign in 1960, it was the Rat Pack who did a lot of campaigning for, for JFK. And so Peter was the one who connected them together to do that. Okay. That's right there, right there. It already seems interesting to see the connection to uh, politics with this yep. group. Yeah. And that it's, it's, it was above, you know, already above music right there. Right. Yeah. It, it was a, Frank was a powerful man in that regard and that he, he, he really did a lot to get Kennedy elected, including contacting Sam Giancana, who was a mob boss in Chicago and who also helped push Kennedy to become president in his own way, which is interesting because once Kennedy becomes president of the United States, Robert Kennedy, his brother, who was the attorney, attorney general, decides to go after the mob, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, so you know, it's kind of a, not a, not a good situation. And no, and of course, after, yeah. Go ahead. No, of course. It's funny because like Kennedy was hanging out with them and they, they would call themselves, I think it was, they call themselves the Jack pack. Yeah. The Jack pack. And then it was just, the problem was with, with Sinatra, he kind of had a falling out with the Kennedys. Right. And that was that, that leading into that, which is crazy to think that that happened. And that's kind of what led, I think, to the dissociation with okay we're not we're not part of this group whatever you know sure well the time came when bobby kennedy told jfk well, we need we need to cut ties with frank because yeah. of these these uh, mob associations so the thing was jfk was scheduled to come to frank's compound in palm springs and frank had did all sorts of construction on his property just for John Kennedy to come and stay and visit. So what do they do? They send Peter Lawford, of course, to give Frank the bad news that not only is John not coming, but um, we're, he's kind of severing ties with you from now on. And to make it even worse, he's going to stay with Bing Crosby. And Bing Crosby was a Republican. <laughs> so Frank, you know, Frank went through the roof and he never, ever spoke to Peter Lawford again after that. That was 1962. Wow. Don't mess with Frank. Yes. No, exactly. there, there, there was there was no black and white with him. If, if he loved you, he was loyal to a fault. And, and he helped a lot of people establish their own careers. In fact, um, I think he did an interview with either Life Magazine or Time Magazine. And he said that Tony Bennett was his favorite singer. And Tony Bennett himself said that that quote helped him go around the world to perform just, just from that endorsement from Frank. So Frank had a lot of clout that, that his words were very, very important. So again, when he, when he loved you, he loved you. And if he hated you, my God, my God. <laughs> so, well, and it's funny. Cause so like <laughs> we were talking about Bacall, it's like Humphrey Bower was kind of like the, the leader. And then after his passing, unfortunately, Frank became the de facto leader, but it's what I loved about the, the rat pack itself. They just became such a great like click and 
you know, and this is, I don't know if this is true, but like the rumors were like in Vegas when they perform, when one of the members would perform or schedule perform, the rest of the the pack would turn up for an impromptu show. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, and it was like a brotherhood. It was like a fraternity of musicians. That's absolutely right. So you would have a concert to see Frank and they would say, maybe Dean, maybe Sammy. So you'd go, it was the Copa Room at the Sands Hotel. And footnote, the Sands Hotel is where the Venetian is now. <laughs> so anyway, yes. they would they would perform in the Copa Room. You go to see Frank, and all of a sudden, well, here comes Dean, and here comes Sammy. So then you've got all three of them. Now, I you know, as a musician, you could only imagine they'd have to bring in all their charts for the band and just yeah. have it all. You know what I mean? But it's like they they would have such a good time. They're so weird to be like Marquee, be like. Oh, Dean Martin's tonight. Maybe Frank, maybe Sammy. Yeah, maybe, you know, and then, and then, they'd, then they'd all be there. So, yeah. Now, okay, going off of that, though, there was also, you know, someone who was not an official member, but someone that was always very often seen with that group, especially around Frank. And that, of course, was the late, great comedian Don Rickles. Who oh, yeah famously said I, I never received an official membership card but frank made me feel part of the fun i think it's funny to think that you know thinking of someone usually said that if they really liked you they'd really like to and if they didn't they they show their true cards but not speak to you again you know you would you would feel it yeah it's funny to think of someone that really was so known for being you know very sweet but really could give it to people with this comedy that frank really took to someone like don but he's not really con technically considered a member there of the Rat Pack, but he definitely is someone you think about when it comes to the, to these famous guys, because he definitely was with them all the time, especially yeah. I look, I like going back and watching some of the roast shows, some of like the original roast shows. Um, oh yeah. Those are hilarious. Well, they were yeah. the, were they, for me, I'm not hundred percent sure Were they were kind of the original, like, I guess the, the OGs of the kind of what a roast show is. I think, I think so. Started, yeah. Right? yeah, I think they kind of started some of it. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't know of any other roasts before the Dean Martin ones, to my knowledge. Yeah. I mean, those were really, really. I mean, you know, they were bagging no, on each other. Nothing big, like broadcasted. I, I think they kind no, of no, like no. started the whole thing. Yeah, but yeah, it was. Um, those, those roasts were classic, and and Don Rickles. I mean, he, he that man was daring. <laughs> I mean, he would. Man, I mean, he had he held nothing back, and. It's almost like, you know, it, it was a badge of honor to be badgered by Don Rickles. And I think, you know, <laughs> strangely enough, yeah. and, and like, and as Chris mentioned, I mean, just kind of the, the sweetest man, but like when he would get on the stage, man, he would, he would roast you until, you know, <laughs> you were like burning ashes. So. Well, and, and you know what was really great? I, you know, my, and let's go. I would love to talk about this, like kind of our experience with our sure. our interest yeah, yeah, yeah. or intro in the Rat Pack. I mean, for me personally, it was my dad. He got me in the Rat Pack. I never was like, oh, I'm just gonna. It didn't find out accidentally. My dad got me into Frank Sinatra than Dean Martin, and so I think I started Dean Martin more when like Christmas albums. But Frank Sinatra I started at like all of his like the classics. But it was so great to kind of hear about that. I would love to hear like Randy, what was your kind of first introduction to the Rat Pack music? Oh, um, well, a lot of the movies and TV shows when I was little, um, one of my favorite movies was Mrs. Doubtfire. And, <laughs> you come to the yeah. right place. Well, yeah, we um, 
the the scene where Robin Williams is being transformed into Mrs. Doubtfire, and they're playing "Luck Be a Lady" by Frank Sinatra. And I never, I didn't know who that. I was five, five or six. I didn't know who that voice was. And my grandmother said, "That's Frank Sinatra." And I had never, you know, I, I didn't know who it was. So I never forgot that voice. I was like, it just that his 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 vocals, his orchestration, the instruments. Yeah, it, it just it was so classy and and sophisticated, and it just it it just blew me away. Even just that scene, <laughs> you know, he, they transforming him into an old British woman <laughs> playing "Luck Be a Lady," and so that that was my introduction to Frank. And um, let me see. Well, I know my grandmother had a cassette tape, and uh, on the cassette tape was Mr. Bojangles, and that was Sammy Davis Jr. And that was and that was another voice where it was like, "What is this?" And I, I was just intrigued. And so, and then other movies, uh, not just Mrs. Doubtfire, but but Home Alone's mm-hmm. the first two, uh, Dennis the Menace, Uncle Buck, all my all my favorite childhood movies. You yeah. Know. Shout out to all the millennials who are listening. <laughs> You know, the, the 90s kids. So you know, it's funny, all these movies, and John Hughes movies in particular, he played mm-hmm. a lot of uh, oldies, yeah. a lot of the, the big band stuff. And um, it just caught my ear. And so from the movies and also my grandparents, because my grandfathers, they love jazz. So Miles Davis, Count Basie, Louis Armstrong, I heard a lot of that, John Coltrane. And my grandmothers liked the singers. So um, Sinatra, Nat King Cole, Tony Bennett, Johnny Mathis, people like that. And I was very, very little hearing that stuff. And it just, I, I soaked it in like a sponge. Mm-hmm. So everybody was, you know, I was little and everybody was listening to you know, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, and, um, Beyonce, different people. Well, Destiny's Child back then before Beyonce. Yeah, was still yeah. <laughs> of course. So, yeah, and then We're I, and I yourself here. Yeah, no. So yeah, I'm 32. <laughs> so yeah, so I don't hide it. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I was listening to to all of these these singers, and you know, I, I've I've always had a very very mature ear, and I decided I wanted. I was five years old when I realized I could carry a tune, and and these singers were the ones who I listened to, and still do. Yeah, it's just something about like, you know, going back to like Dean Martin, the first Dean Martin song I heard was That's Amore. I think it was like, that was like the quintessential Italian song. Yeah. And then Sammy Davis was Candyman. That was yeah. my introduction. Chris, yeah. like, what was your like first introduction to these these guys? Well, I think definitely, I think you hit on the head there, Randy. There was a lot of movies, either when we were growing up, this would be, you know, the the earlier 90s films um, or even thinking of old films where it would be kind of like a montage sequence it was pretty common to have an old jazz standard or a built you know an old big band kind of song and of course more than often it was someone like Frank or Dean Um, and so I'm sure that I I got through that a little bit and then really it was more probably you know, at some point, like, I, I definitely connected knowing, oh, okay, that's Frank Sinatra's voice. And so when you hear a song by Frank, it's unmistakably Frank, you know, and, and mm-hmm. Dean Martin was a little more different for me in that I probably wasn't as aware of Dean. I mean, sure, I've heard that some more, but it wasn't really until, um, uh, you know, Ain't That a Kick was kind of like my first real, like, song that I really, really loved. 
and I've always connected that song. It's something I like when I get to sing big band stuff. That is my go-to song. Like it's one of my favorites of this entire era. Yeah. And um, but yeah, no, definitely Sammy. You know, yeah, definitely think of Candyman was uh, you know, something that I think you just <laughs> you can't have not heard in your youth at some point. And it's something too to think that although nowadays we do have musicians and singers that have also made careers as uh actors or mm-hmm. you know you know being on screen but it's not as you know no nowhere near the degree of like that these guys were also prominent film and tv stars yeah they were, like, they were pioneers um, that's so different they were yeah really were pioneers you know you look at coming out of the era of the silent films with music in it into the talkies into now, you know, now we can do music musicals and stuff. And then it kind of became this era where like these guys were in tons of stuff and it wasn't just musicals. I mean, they're also in a lot of just straight acting, you know, movies. And so I think there's something about that. I remember seeing, you know, a couple of films when I was younger. I mean, probably, probably guys and dolls was my first introduction to Frank in terms of an acting role, but you would see them pop up and like, just recently, actually, I watched a whole bunch of clips from the show Laughing with, um, and Sammy Davis was on that show like almost every week. Like he he was a popping star, and they would do that on a bunch of shows. So I think it was kind of like you get the music a lot, and see you you see them in films and TV pop up. Like they're kind of hard not to spot. So I think that's a lot of my kind of introduction to these guys yeah they they were very well-rounded and of course the with don rickles toy story is probably everyone's yeah. introduction to don rickles, mr. Potato me, honestly. Head, yeah. you know yeah. mr potato head you kind of go you know that, that voice sounds familiar and that's how you kind of get into to that situation yeah i know the two of you um did a podcast not too long ago about the godfather and um there's a scene in there where michael corleone goes to vegas to check on not just not only to check on Fredo but to buy out Mo Green's hotel and he bumps into Johnny Fontaine and he says well you know here's a contract I want you to sign to appear several times a year and bring in some of your friends to entertain as well there is a whole whole lot of truth to that and that I mean Frank that's what he did you know he he made these contracts and he would bring in his friends and that's the whole thing with the Rat Pack I mean they they helped transform Vegas from kind of a dusty old town yep. that you pass through and maybe gamble every once in a while to to really what it is now. I mean, yeah, that, if it wasn't the for them, glamour. yeah, if it, it wasn't for them, it wouldn't be what know, it was today. Not at all. I mean, they they brought the sophistication, the elegance, the polish, and um, you know, and for Sammy, I mean, you know, Vegas was segregated, you know, up until the '60s. So if you were a black entertainer, you could perform on the strip, but you could not stay at those hotels. You couldn't walk in through the front door. You had to come in through the back or, you know, you couldn't use the dressing rooms. You'd have to dress in the, in the, in the kitchen or, you know, the storage room. So a big part of, you know, their success is that, you know, Frank and Dean said, well, no, Sammy's with us and he will have the same accommodations as us. Otherwise we're not playing here. So, I mean, and, but before Sammy, I mean, there was Nat King Cole and Ella Fitzgerald and Johnny Mathis and so many people, Lena Horne, you know, the, the conditions were horrible. I mean, they could play in these facilities and, you know, sell them out, but they'd be the segregated whites only audiences and then they'd have to go to the other side of town to stay. 
So it, it was great. The fact that, cause I was, I was watching this documentary a while back and it was all about Frank Sinatra's whole life. Yeah. And the fact that he and, and, and Dean, I don't know if it was both of them equally, but whatever they, I don't know what Frank was saying now, like he really pushed for like his, with his clout, like, no, Sammy's getting the same competitions we have. And, oh, he's not allowed to play in this one or stay here. No, no, that's, that's going to happen. So like, the fact that they really pushed for that, they pushed for, you know, equal opportunity, and it, it, it was just beautiful to see. Like, no, he's one of us. This is yeah. this is a this is a package deal. Yeah, and this was 1960. So yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, everything was still pretty much segregated then. So I mean, to have Sammy present and and equal to them, I mean, was just you know, I think it was really remarkable. Well, and I love I love those a comedian who made a joke too. He's like. He's like, you had the Rat Pack here. You had, uh, you know, you had uh, blue uh, Frank Sinatra's old blue eyes. Mm-hmm. You had uh, Sammy. <laughs> Dean Martin was all red eyes because he drank too much. <laughs> and uh, Sammy Davis is one eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because Sammy had that. He had a bad accident. And it was a car accident in 1954. And he lost his eye from that. And um, so, you know, he had a fake eye in. But yeah, he, he called himself a, a one-eyed colored Jew. <laughs> so that that was what he referred to himself. What a, what a title. <laughs> yep. And I, throughout his life, he, he said he was half Puerto Rican, but that's actually not true. He was actually half Cuban. Oh. But oh, because okay. of what, you know, Fidel Castro and, you know, the communists and everything, it kind of wasn't too popular to, um, you know, <laughs> to identify himself as Cuban. But, I mean, in terms of Sammy, the man could sing, he danced, he imitated people, he played instruments, he was an actor you know, all five foot three of him was just a ball of fire. And, and they called him the world's greatest entertainer. And, you know, it, it, there's, and that's not by accident because, you know, he, he put everything, he was on stage from the time he was three years old. And I don't think he ever had one day of schooling in his life. He was a grown man before he could read and write. So his whole life was literally just on stage and, and in productions. And I mean, you just watch clips of him. There, there is so much energy in that man. And it's, it's, I really wish I could have seen him live. That, that's one of the, he, he's one of the few people I really wish I could have been there to see. Yeah, well, it's beautiful. And to think that what they all accomplished, I mean, they, going back to what you said about how they created what Vegas entertainment is. Well, actually, speaking of Vegas, I think something that's neat to think about is, as a kid, when I went to Vegas the first time, I had already kind of had an, an image of these guys. I'm sure I'd heard some of their songs, knew about them. So there was something about this kind of maybe Oz-like quality of, oh, I'm going to Las Vegas where these acts have performed and there's gambling and like these big casinos, you know? There was something about them that I think you connect to thinking, oh, this is like, they used to perform here all the time. They were regulars. This used to be a city of like all headliners. I mean, now, yeah pre-COVID there's been you know still some of that but it's changed even more now to much more showy with like Cirque shows and comedians and magic you know is of course yeah, always been a big was, part yeah. but it was something you know about this is the classiness it was just like that classy the elegance of what Vegas was yeah so to think of like think of those guys you know always being in suits and like performing these big crowds and like people would come to Las Vegas just see them you know you don't nowadays you don't really think of las vegas as the hub of where i'm going to go to see 
you know, you're going to go to LA, you're going to go to New York and go to Chicago. But like, that was the case. That was the hub where they would go all the time to perform. And so I think there was something about that too. Like, you know, even like, I think the first time walking through a casino for the first time, you know, even though I was annoyed because back then, you know, smoke galore, but there was something <laughs> yeah. still about just looking around. I'm thinking like, I've seen this in movies before. I don't really know how to do any of this, but you know, from a, you know, 11 year old's perspective, I'm like, that's like what the Rat Pack did, you know? So I think something too about Vegas itself just has this kind of neat history there. And I kind of like, actually, when you go to Vegas now, if you kind of go more to the old area, uh, a lot of that still feels like this era, even though the more main part of the strip has much more now, you know, evolved to what it is today. Yeah, so I think that's spirit, really cool to think about the, too. The, the spirit of the old days is still there in certain parts. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's true, you know, and even in the casinos, as you mentioned, it's, it's that same excitement and, and, and thrill of it all and just taking it all in. You can really just feel, you know, something very special there, minus, you know, the smoke that may, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, actually, Taylor, I want to ask you something. A place that I've never been, but I've heard is very similar, and maybe you've gone because you're more of an East Coast guy. Atlantic Have you ever City. done a lot of stuff with Atlantic City? I know that's supposed to be more like, you know, it's like the Vegas out there. I've never been there myself, but I've heard that also was a hot spot for that kind of, you know, uh, those kind of shows and those kind of guys and casinos and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't consider myself an expert in Lake City, but I got to go to like a lot of the hotels like the Borgata and Caesars. But there is something about Atlantic City that, you know, what Vegas is to the, the West that um atlantic city is to the east coast there is something about that i mean i think i i got more excited about the glamour of it watching like shows like boardwalk empire of like the origins of that um i really i really enjoyed that and i i really enjoyed just you know new jersey and i think there's something about you know with, especially with frank sinatra and i think with the the rat pack and we're going to talk about this for me i'm always going to like relate more to frank sinatra and just something about the elegance of him and his origins, that's something that I kind of related to more and I gravitated to more. But Atlantic City was just like a whole other animal. It was just something about that. It was kind of a little more lawless in a way than than Vegas was. I don't know. It's just something very different about it. Hmm, that's interesting. I, I've never been to Atlantic City either yet, so I'm, I'm wanting to go there in the future. Well, these it's, it's interesting to think of these two really what they are are these like adult playgrounds like the, there are these areas mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. it's okay to let loose and to have a good time and you know to gamble go have a nice cocktail lay by the pool and you know at nighttime you go see a show you go see an act and so um definitely something that definitely changed uh not only for vegas and atlantic city but i'm sure in other areas as well especially more vacation hot spots but Something I kind of wanted to go into here, actually, uh, Rainy. I think you'll have you'll have a good insight, and I, uh, I I do as well. I'm sure Taylor, if you working on cruise ships, would know a lot about this as well. So the Rat Pack, uh, you know, these famous group of guys. There's a lot of people that like to imitate them or do cover groups of them. You know, especially even now, if you go to Vegas, you'll see you know lounge acts or people on the street that are dressed up like these guys and pretending to sing like them or you see groups on cruise ships or like other parts but have you ever seen a really you know great uh you know imitation i mean if like these guys are so iconic and that that look is something that a lot of people still pay to go see people now pretend to be the rat pack 
um, even though, of course, they're not getting to see the real deal. There's something about that vibe and they love kind of actor singers that know how to look like them, sing like them and kind of vibe with the chat like they used to. Uh, mm -hmm. I will say in my experience, actually, my director that got me on cruise ships, Mike Maloney, he has quite a bit of casino groups and casino acts and he had a show. Uh, about the Rat Pack that I once saw actually out in California one time. And the guys in that were all pretty good. They did a really good job, uh, especially the guy that did Dean Martin and the guy that did Sammy Davis were pretty spot on. So I've always wondered what, you know, in your opinion, have you seen or, you know, just you as a singer getting to perform these kind of songs, you know, how do people react? How do they gravitate to hearing that material that a lot of people really cherish? Sure. I've, I've actually never been to any shows to see any, you know, tributary concerts of, of these particular guys. Um, so, but, yeah, but you're right. I mean, the different times I've seen them on TV, um, you know, they, they tend to be pretty accurate. And the, this music has not died. And, and I don't think it will, because I mean, you know, you, you can't um, replace this. I mean, it, it's, it's just so, it's just so good and it's just so timeless. And even to have been recorded 50, 60 years ago, I mean, the stuff just still sounds so strong. So no, I haven't been to any, um, any tributary concerts of these guys, but in performing this type of music myself, the key thing for me, for any singer is, is to make these songs your own. So. You know, I mean, it's a compliment when somebody says, you know, you sound just like such and such. But, you know, the, the goal to be a professional vocalist is for them to say, well, that's that's Randy and he does this type of music. So that's kind of the big thing that I strive for as a as a performer to take from these heroes and sheroes of of the genre, but to really make these songs my own. And and to answer your question. I mean, in particular, the, the venues that I have been entertaining for for the past year or so have been mostly retirement communities. So country clubs, um, you know, assisted living places and, um, you know, very, very nice places. So, yeah, th this music brings back so many memories. I mean, it, it just you, you can see it in their faces. And, I, and, it, and on occasion, I'll even sing for uh, memory care patients who you know have alzheimer's and dementia and you know you just see them and they just you know they're, they're stuck in these buildings where they live and you know, it's just not a whole lot of excitement but they hear these songs and it takes them right back to when they were a little child or they can remember their parents i sang one song um by tony bennett um it's called because of you one of his uh, first big hits that he came out with and it was a lady in the audience who I was singing for lady she started crying she's in the third or fourth row I'm like gosh is my voice that terrible I mean you know you crying <laughs> so, <laughs> so after, the, after the show was over he said um she said you know you sang that song and that was the first song I danced to with my husband oh. the day that we got married and you know he he's gone now it's just me but I you know you singing that song I could see myself on the altar with him exchanging our wedding vows. It's wow. like she said, it took me right back. And so, you know, that, that's what you want as, as a singer, it, to just touch people that way. And, and that's what 
these singers of the Rat Pack did in the genre that's called the Great American Songbook. That's what this this you know, type of music is called. That's what it's and, called the standards. Yeah, they call the standards, Great American Songbook. You know, so when I even when I promote myself, I'll say you know Sinatra type music, Sammy Davis Jr. type music, and people know. And they they say, oh okay, you know. So, but yeah, I, I think to just my my responsibility and and I you know what I try to take pride in is to really bring integrity to the music doing it in my own way but still staying within the tradition so you know definitely part of the genre but but doing it my way you know no pun intended to Frank Sinatra song yeah yeah. so um yeah it's this is it's wonderful music and I, I just I never stopped listening to it even you know from being a little first grader and you know watching Mrs. Doubtfire and you know, whatever movies I was watching. And, um, you know, it's funny, I sang with a modern day Ink Spots group too. And they were famous in the uh, 30s and 40s. Well, I saw uh, the movie Malcolm X with Denzel Washington. And there's a scene in there where they're playing, uh, there's a song called My Prayer. My prayer is to linger with you. And that's by the Ink Spots. And um, I was a little boy and I heard that. And years later, I actually became an Ink Spot. So it's nice. just interesting, you know what I mean? It's just interesting how the, these movies and these TV shows, I mean, well, shoot, I, I watch Fresh Prince and, you know, Carlton, you know, doing the, the thing with Tom Jones, you know, his little dance. Well, Tom Jones was the first person I saw in concert. Yeah, Tom, I saw Tom Jones, that was my first concert. I was 13, I went with my friend. We were in junior high, his dad took us and, um, you know, it's funny, you know, a, a pre-teenage boy, t- or young teenager, you know, adolescence, you know, you learn about some things <laughs> about, you know, your body and the, you know, the birds and the bees. So we get to the, we get to the Tom Jones concert and women are throwing their underwear, throwing their pants. Bras. I'm like, you know, th- this is a sight to behold for a 13 year old boy learning some things. <laughs> so man, I'll never forget that. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> Man, I, I just, I love, I have loved music all of my life and, and I can go on and on and on. So I, I never get tired of, of talking about music and especially, you know, good music that I like. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if like 50 years from now, you know, thinking, thinking of our time now with hip hop and, and uh, R&B and all that stuff, I wonder if that will still last yeah. like this music would. I don't, yeah, well, I don't know be, if it will. They'll um, be they'll be talking about Snoop and then Kanye and uh, Ariana. The, the new standards. Yeah, the, the new <laughs> the new standards. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yep. boom, boom. It's like, yeah. It's like, no, what are you listening to? This is a standard. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, man. Yep. Now, Taylor, you, you know, your your music taste and also being on ships, did you ever get see any, any good acts that did the Rat Pack? I'm sure you might have seen a couple or any anyone doing stuff like that. Yeah, my taste, I, I would call it eclectic, is what I listen mm-hmm. to. You listen to my playlist, you would blow your mind. Um, a little shout out, though. But yeah, the few entertainers I'd seen, I think that was what kind of fueled the fire of my passion for the Rat Pack music. There was a lot of guest entertainers because, you know, a lot of our guests on ships enjoyed that type of music. And for a new fault of my own, I really enjoyed it as well. And there was a few of the entertainers. I remember this guy named Travis Turpin. He did a lot of that. I remember, and you were talking about Carlton. I remember he played like stuff like, um, you know, the Polish Prince. Uh, mm-hmm. Bobby uh, Vinton. Yep. Yeah, Bobby Vinton. Like, all, <laughs> like yep. talking about me. And, and you know what's been great about me, t- talking about how excited I've been about music, 
in the last year, I bought vinyl records and I've been collecting records of the time and just enjoying the music of that sound. And it just, it's amazing. But, and then a friend of mine who was a comedian, you know, Justin Ruppel, he actually did a really good kind of parody tribute to uh, <laughs> the, the great uh, gold standards of music. And he was playing like, what would they, you know, doing parodies of songs and things like that. But these guys that just sound like them, it was just something like, you've seen one, you've seen them all, but no, it's just something about these guest entertainers and these uh, imitators. And like, you know, you see in Vegas, we think Elvis, there's always Elvis imitators, but to do a tribute show to Dean Martin or, uh, you know, uh, Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr. We were talking about Bobby Vinton and all these people. It's just something about it that it just, it's a time travel machine. You just take you back to a different time and a simpler time. And they were, they were romanticizing a great time. And, you know, they romanticized Vegas and just something about that, but just the sound of it. If you really listen to the words and the music, it's like, it's like honey, honey. Yeah. Yeah, wow. It's like, Oh, I can't get enough of it. It'll touch you right in your heart. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it moves you. And, and that's what, is so infectious about it to me is that I, I just, and, and I agree with you, Taylor, it, it just, it just does something to you. And, and that's why I, I just, I can't stop listening to it. Somebody I did want to bring up just kind of, it was kind of funny to think about. So of course we have the rat pack and that's the classic name. There has been a couple other packs that have been named since kind of a, a throw off of the rat pack. You've had the brat pack and you've mm-hmm. also had the frat pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you yeah. guys heard of either of those? You know, so I've heard of the Brad Pack for sure. Yeah, I've heard of. Heard of the Frat Pack? I heard the Frat Pack. I think if I if I know what you're talking about, I it's like the Will Ferrell, Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, like all that those kind of guys and those movies, those old school Zoolander, all that kind of stuff is kind of considered the the, the Frat Pack. But um, it's just funny to think that there's been other kind of groups that really aren't in any way the exact same type as the Rat Pack, but there's been these kind of other names that have kind of caught on a little bit. Um, so I thought that was kind of fun to throw in there, but uh, yeah, you know, cause who knows down the line, you know, I, I always wonder if, you know, well there, you know, I'd say nowadays you really look at uh, Michael Buble has probably been the closest thing we've had in our time uh, with maybe a little, maybe a little, uh, Josh Groban in there, and then maybe Harry Connick Jr. Uh, Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. And then also, uh, oh gosh, John Legend. I would say those those guys have been kind of somewhat of our modern rap pack, if you will. You know, at least guys that tend to do a lot more of the standards, or you know, especially Buble. He really made a career out of doing standards and being like Frank, and then of course starting to get to do his own music. Sure. Uh, and he's, you know, taken off on a huge career. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, well, Randy, we thank you for being on the podcast today. But before we let you go, okay, we have to ask you our guest questions. So, okay, we have 10. <laughs> he's like, oh, boy. <laughs> Here we I, go. I, 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 I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> um, we have 10 guest questions for you. They're just your favorites and things you like. Okay. So be kind of a rapid fire here. So uh, I'll start off here with uh, what's your favorite movie? The Godfather. I love you already. Uh, <laughs> question number two, what would be your favorite TV series? Well, right now, I actually watch uh, Columbo 
the old uh, mm. oh, detective. Okay. Fuck. Uh, I love it. Comes on every Sunday night. I love it. <laughs> so I've been hooked for the past several months. I watch it every week. Yep. There you go. Um, do you have a favorite video game or video game series? Oh, well, I had N64 way back. I had, I think, Goldeneye and uh, Star Fox. <laughs> no, I'm old. I haven't played video games in a long time. That counts. Are, I had Mario Kart too, so those are my favorites back then. Uh, what would you say you're, well, <laughs> very uh, aptly, but maybe you might give it a different answer. What is your favorite style of music or favorite artist? Oh, my goodness. Well, well, the Great American Songbook, or the standards as we call them, that's definitely... That would be the top, but I mean, I like 40s, 50s, 60s music. I like um, doo-wop, uh, blues, jazz. I like some classical. Um, so my favorite, I guess, my I like Nat King Cole. Um, I like Johnny Mathis. I like Lou Rawls, um, uh, Tony Bennett, you know, Sammy. I know you asked for one, I'm giving you several, but um, yeah, just, just all these singers. I mean, the ones I mentioned, I like Ray Charles. That's okay. BB King, Ray Charles. It's always hard to pick one. Yeah. So yeah, I have to give you several because I, you know, I sang with Ink Spots. I love that music. Uh, The Mills Brothers. Um, Yeah. So many. Do you have a favorite place you've traveled to? Uh, Venice. Hey, yeah, I, another I, Venice I, on the podcast. Yeah, I, I turned, you know, I turned thirty a couple years back, and uh, went to went to Italy for a week and a half. So I went to Rome and Pisa and San Gimignano and Luca and uh, Venice and Venice. Oh, it was beautiful. Mm. Yeah, nice. that, that's definitely my favorite place. Next question is: What would you say inspires you to stay, or what has inspired you to get where you are today? Um, I have mentors who, who push me, um, you know, just, I've had vocal coaching and, uh, just different mentors who have helped open the doors for me to perform and just believing in me to, you know, you, you have what, you know, you have what it takes, Randy. Now, you know, get up and get what you want. And that, that, that inspires me to just, you know, believe in yourself you know i'm a person of faith so you know you believe in god first and then you know second you believe in yourself and believe in what has been given to you and use it to make an impact for others and i think that's what inspires me to continue this might go along with that um what's the best advice you've ever received or a good piece of advice you like one of my professors from UCLA. I don't think I mentioned this. I'm a, I'm a, a UCLA grad. I was a music major there. And uh, one of my vocal teachers is a, is a singer by the name of Barbara Morrison. She's another one of my um, mentors. She's a jazz singer uh, out of LA. She's performed all over the world. And um, I was 19 and I was at a vocal lesson with her. And I don't know what I was complaining about, but she told me, I'll never forget it. She said, only you know when you've had enough. Nobody else will know until you tell them. And I, I don't know why that always stuck with me, but you know, nobody knows that you've had enough until you actually say enough. I like that. Uh, as we, you know, you've listened to our podcast and, you know, and if you don't know, we are a bit of a nerdy podcast. What would you say if you rated yourself on our nerdy scale from one to 10, 
one being not so nerdy to 10 being the nerdiest of all, how would you rate yourself? I don't think I'm very nerdy, actually. <laughs> and I, I don't think I can claim You came to the wrong podcast. <laughs> I don't think you're I can nerdy claim in a in a music way, you might I be. guess. You have a lot of fun facts about that. But yeah, what would you say on a scale of one to 10? I give it a three and a half, you know. Well, wow. this is the lowest on our scale. That's fair. That's fair, though. Didn't know. Now, uh, okay, so we got a 3.5. Wow. Um, well, what is a guilty pleasure of yours? You know, we've been in this pandemic, uh, you know, for quite some time now. And uh, I think a lot of people have come up with new guilty pleasures. But what is like a guilty pleasure of yours that you just, you got to share? Bubblegum. Bubblegum. Oh, okay. Bubblegum airheads. And I know your listeners won't be able to see this, but I've got Starburst right here. So. Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> Starburst. Yep. Yeah. so yeah nice. bubble gum any kind of chewing gum bubble gum starburst and airheads those are my uh those are my guilty pleasures there you go and last but not least this is always a fun one because we never know what's gonna happen give us your best impression it could be vocal singing but what is your best impression that you can do oh i feel the room swaying from band playing one of our old favorite songs from way back when. So, golly gee, fellas, have a little faith in me, fellas. Dolly, never go away, fellas. You never go away, Dolly, never go away. You can shop it up, do 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 yeah. Nice. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, and that was Denzel Washington, actually. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. I thought so. <laughs> well, Randy, we thank you once again for being on the podcast today. It's been so much fun to talk with you about the Rat Pack and a genre of music that you are so, you know, just a big fan of. But we know that you are performing yourself. Uh, you want to promote anything from either people can follow you on social media or sure. a YouTube page. Let the people yeah. know. Well, I'm uh, just Randy Taylor on youtube on facebook i'm randy randiesel taylor and on instagram i'm randy underscore randiesel 88 so those are the three uh social media platforms and my website is simple it's just randy taylor sings.com there you go uh well thank you randy this has been such a pleasure to have you on always great yeah, to catch absolutely. up Gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This has been fantastic. Well, thank you. So uh, I guess we should uh, go backstage and uh, let's go uh, do a little pre-warm up before the next concert, shall we, boys? Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. I'm Strike ready. Strike up the We're... band. <laughs> Strike up the band. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Randy. All right. Thank you, guys. You know what everyone's missing these days? It's a little bit of the old classics. And you know what? There's a generation that has not listened to the great music of the Rat Pack. And here, we've got something for all generations to enjoy. From those who enjoyed from their heyday to the new millennials and younger. And now, we can bring you a wonderful collection of the Rat Pack Modern Hits. Who can make a TikTok, post on Instagram, 
Have some fun on Snapchat with a Spotify jam. The social man. Oh, the social man can. The record shows a sandwich pro. I eat at Subway. How old can one person be? I blink my eyes and turn 33. Well, this is really whack. Ain't that a crick in your back? No more, Mr. Potato Head. No more, Mr. Potato Head. No more, Mr. Potato Head. On the box. The box. The box. The box. You'll enjoy some fun twists with some great classics from all musicians like Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, and Sammy Davis Jr. I just got dumped last night Midway through a birthday bite Guess I shouldn't have done that thing to her sister I just got dumped last night All the weather outside is sunny And look at that long, dear honey. It's looking very horrible to show. You better mow, better mow, better mow. Get to Chipotle and order by eight. Add on the guac to bulk up my plate. I social distance to eat at my pace. That's why this table's always damp. Hey, mumbo. Please don't text you, fella. Hey, Mambo, no more taking colors. Hey, Mambo, Mambo, I text the honor. If you drive a car, don't need to look at your phone no more. Hey, Mambo, Mambo, Italiano. I only need one pair of brand new underwear. It's up to you, Walmart. Walmart. So act now, and this whole CD can be yours for the modest price of $25.99. Bring the flavor of the Rat Pack to your home with these modern twists. And don't miss out on the music of the classic Rat Pack. Wow. First of all, I always love when we have guests here, and it's nice that we can, you know, we both bring uh, interesting and fun, unique guests to the table. But that was such a great journey through memory lane. Of course, you know, we weren't alive during like, the heyday of, you know, Vegas and the Rat Pack. But, uh, you know, I, I listened to and enjoy these guys at a very young age. And I'm glad I was exposed to this type of music. And it's just amazing just hearing Randy and all his thoughts of uh, and his kind of background knowledge. Very knowledgeable. And he can tell he's very passionate about music and music in general. Yeah, he, he really loves music. Uh he loves a lot of different styles, but definitely this is one of his favorite genres. Uh, and the fact that he's started really, you know, making a prominent career out of singing a lot of these songs. I mean, he also does a lot of Motown uh, mm-hmm. and stuff like that and doo-wop, but this really has been his bread and butter for a long time. And it just shows that the legacy, the influence that these guys still have on, you know, pop culture and entertainment and I think they'll never, you know, be forgotten. They're icons for a reason. And it's just fun to kind of, you know, check back and to think of, yeah, memory lane, think of, you know, where they stand today. And uh, I think there'll be long time uh, influences on music and the media for a, a long time to come. And uh, 
So definitely, you know, if, if you and I end up getting to do a Vegas trip soon, we'll definitely have to have a little uh, a Rat Pack moment when we're out there, you know. We'll have to, we're definitely going to have to, you know, maybe snazzy up a little bit, you know, maybe. Uh, I love putting on a suit, so. I know, do. I've I never, had... I, I think, and I never really enjoyed it until working on ships. And then I just, it was like the, one of those things, those classy nights, but you got to love a good classy night. I think Vegas. Oh, you or, know, you and I have got to suit up. Go to a casino, have a nice glass of whiskey, you know, got to live it up. So uh, if we end up doing that, we'll definitely, uh, we got to get a little tribute to uh, Frank and Dean and Sammy there in that way. So, uh, but yes, we thanks so much for Andy for being on the podcast today. Always a pleasure when we have guests and just so thrilled that a good friend of mine got to be on and share his experiences with uh, this famous group uh, and his memories with, uh, you know, the Rat Pack. So uh, awesome to have you on, Randy. Let's get lunch. <laughs> so uh until next time folks thanks for listening today now taylor let's go uh let's go out back and uh let's, let's get a drink get the next show on at uh 8 p.m yeah we'll throw in a couple of records It'd be great thanks for listening to the potential podcast you can follow us on instagram and facebook at the potential podcast or on twitter at the potential pod or you can email us Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.